The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, this is the King of Bros, and you're listening to the Rough House Podcast. They're a couple of pussies, but they're not that bad. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet-purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast, courtesy of the Realm Network, here at the Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling. And Hispanic people, too. And all people. Hi, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Rough House Podcast. Man, is it a rough house this week, at least for uh, your dear pal, Marty. Uh, I'm Marty, by the way. Yeah, that's uh, Marty from the Bronchitis House, and I'm uh, Christoph from the, I don't know, shitty one-bedroom apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sorry about Uh that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <clears throat> As I already oh, turned yeah. into to Dave Meltzer within a, a few seconds of the show, uh, with my Who's your inhaler Millhouse, come on. Yeah, I know, right? Uh so Get shit together. So yeah, uh had a had a great uh kickstart to my weekend yesterday uh as as Christoph knows but you the listener uh, because look if there's anything that's been missing for the rough house lately it has been that opening airing of grievances of our lives um so yeah hey. I, I I woke up Saturday morning and uh I legitimately couldn't breathe uh, which is a yeah. great way to start your morning. And no, it wasn't because my wife had a pillow over my face. No, it wasn't because my cat was smushing me. It was because I was choking on my own phlegm, which is, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a gross, that's a terrible sentence. Yes. Yeah. My, <laughs> my, my nose and throat were completely clogged. So uh, nothing better than waking up. And uh, the first thing you do is just walk around your house going <laughs> for uh, a few minutes. Uh, always makes the wife happy. And then especially yeah. because the next step is just coughing and, uh, you know, uh, vomiting to get all that out. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the morning evacuation of yeah. the, uh, sinuses and everything while sick is literally the worst. Yeah. No good. Uh, very bad. Do not like it. And, uh, uh, as I was telling Chris before we started recording, uh, I, I took that moment of, oh, shit, I think I'm going to die. And as opposed to, you know, going to an emergency room, I went to patient first because I'm sure. smart. Uh, yeah. And uh, they did checks, chest x-rays and all that fun stuff. And either your dear friend has uh, bronchitis again or possibly pneumonia. And <laughs> you might be wondering, how did this happen? And I'll be honest, I don't fucking know because I work from home. So right. I have no one but myself to blame at this point. 
you need to stop hanging out in those Starbucks doing your work. You know, exactly. You need to exactly. Seal yourself off in your basement for a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Just just shut myself out off from the outside world. Maybe I can blame the client meeting I had to go to on Thursday. Maybe there that's, you go. that's where the problem was. But... Shockingly, I'm not sick, and yeah. I had to fly to North Carolina on Thursday. I flew into Raleigh-Durham, and then I had to drive an hour and a half to Fayetteville uh, for a hearing that my client didn't show up for. Oh, so, awesome. <laughs> that, was a, that was a whole day of travel for uh, a whole boatload of nothing. Uh, and if you remember how terrible the weather was in the Mid-Atlantic area on Thursday, yeah. my flights were the fucking worst. I legit like I normally have no problems in flying. Yeah. I was sick to my stomach on the return flight into BWI. It was oh. so bumpy. Like I was legitimately ready to throw up. And I usually have a pretty strong stomach for that stuff. So yeah, bumpy, uh, bumpy rides there is not a not a fun experience on the Thursday. Yeah. So what we're saying is, uh, your boys are are in the midst of recovering from a bit of a sitch, um, but you know we we power through for you, dear listener. All five of you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we appreciate you. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. We very much appreciate you. And and it, if anything, Chris, I appreciate that we get to have our chats every week. That It's true. And and to bring in a, uh, a funny uh, anecdote about our listenership, yes. um, I, I accept that a lot of that is my fault because I went out to dinner uh, last night. It was uh, uh, my buddy uh, Derek's birthday. So we all went out to a restaurant and um, – I was wearing my AEW hoodie, uh, mm-hmm. and so was Russell, also wearing his. We were twinsies. Um, but uh, the server was like, oh, you you know, you're an AEW fan. Did you pick that up at the show at the uh, arena? I was like, no, I was there, but uh, my wife got it for me for, uh, for Christmas. And he started talking about, you know, the um, uh, Double or Nothing and how I went, we went to the Dynamite and stuff like that. And yeah. my wife sitting across from me is like, mention the, mention the podcast, mention the podcast. <laughs> And I didn't mention the podcast because I, I feel like I, f- yeah, I don't want to be that guy to be like, oh, well, I have a wrestling podcast and you should <laughs> listen to it after you bring me my fish and chips. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like such a hack douchebag doing that uh, that I, I never promote the podcast. Uh, so I will I will take the uh, I'll take the fall uh, for uh, for dwindling listenership or at least not increasing listenership by failing to promote the podcast uh when the opportunity presents itself chris don't don't feel alone i've been in that same situation uh in fact if i haven't told this story on air before i'll tell it right now uh my wife and i were out for dinner and there were two people sitting behind us we were at like a chili's or somewhere like that the two guys behind us stay at the bar and they were very loudly talking about something wrestling wise because you kept hearing the name john cena come up and my wife goes, you should tell them about the podcast. And I looked her in the eye and I said, if there's anything I don't want to do in real life, it's talk to another pro wrestling fan. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's so true. Eventually, it will just be us screaming into these microphones at each other. And, yes. Uh, yes. you know, n- nobody nobody will be listening. I'll, I'll say something to upset my friends who listen and th- who is the majority of our le- listenership, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 it is what it is. We appreciate everybody who stuck around with us through all the uh, – all of us. Yes, all the ups, downs, <laughs> and changes. Uh, that does remind me. I think one of us has to uh, 
to to ping uh, the the former third chair of the show because he said he had something going on in the nineteenth. We need to remind him about. I don't know oh, what yeah. it was, but apparently we need to remind him to do something. So well, uh, we know what it's not because yes. I asked him yes. if they were uh, sexy photos of Jordan Grace and Jonathan Gresham together, nope. and he said they, they were not. not. not he also confirmed that uh, it was not. What was the second couple? I said uh, I don't Mia know. Like three couples. And Keith Lee was the other one. Uh, really yeah, yeah, because I know uh, Justin's proclivity towards the uh, the Asian persuasion. Mm-hmm. So I figured maybe he could have some access to those, but yeah. uh, who knows? Who knows what all these? Probably an interview with somebody. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's my assumption. The the one thought I had was uh, one uh, Curtis Angle is going to be in our neck of the woods. Oh next weekend. yeah, that's right. Next yeah. Saturday on my birthday. Yes. Uh, the old Kurt Angle up at MCW. Yes, indeed. I was, lo- I was looking at the rest of the card. Yeah. Uh, look, they got a lot of homegrown talent, and 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 that's that's. And uh, Rhett Titus. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. They they got the cartel. That's that's the one thing I got to like, – I, I legally have to point out. They have the cartel. <laughs> they they do. they do. They do have a lot of talent. I love me some MCW, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's my, my, my birthday night plans or not. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But nevertheless, folks, it was another week in the world of pro wrestling. And this week, unlike others, there wasn't like some big dramatic story that happened that that basically, you know, set the wrestling world on fire. I, it, I, I think, if anything, this is probably one of the more like mundane standard weeks in pro wrestling since it was, it was a bunch of little stuff. Not yeah. like nothing. No bombshells. Yeah. I, I I can't recall a week like this in recent history. <laughs> it's actually the, kind of uh, um, nice. Yeah. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically you're probably going to get an hour long episode this week, guys. We're not, we're not going to be pushing that one thirty two hour length. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, really, you know, if, if you want to look at the high-level stuff that happened this week, uh, you know, we, we had uh, the official announcement that Simone Johnson, daughter of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is going to yeah. be making uh, her wrestling uh, debut, starting to train at the WWE Performance Center. I think everyone thought it was only a matter of time because, you know, she was posting on social media about watching a lot more wrestling and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And Dwayne himself uh, showed up at the PC to to talk to uh, the people out there, and yeah. for whatever reason, Mike Mondo was in one of those photos too. Uh, yeah, Mikey not sure from what that's Spirit about. Squad. I don't know if he's doing a guest trainer spot or what. Um, but I was scrolling through the photos of of Dwayne at the PC. I was like, is that fucking Mikey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mikey. Yeah, yeah. Who had a solid run in Ring of Honor post WWE? Yeah, uh, close to ten years ago or so, and I think he's still trains or mm-hmm. training people or something uh, of that nature but but yeah yeah good, I, good for uh good for little rock uh coming out there or pebble or whatever all yes, the yes. neck beards on twitter are 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 uh, immediately calling her like, yeah. okay so she has like an insurmountable amount of uh, pressure on her because you imagine you know for the just think back to when the rock debut to rocky maivia debuting yes, yes. you know the blue chipper the uh the son of rocky johnson the grandson of high chief peter maivia those are some big shoes to fill on their own exactly but imagine simone coming in who has to fill the shoes of the fucking rock who is the biggest 
I, I would say 100% the biggest star in professional wrestling history. Fuck you, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. The Rock's bigger than you in every fucking way. Yeah. Um, you, you just think worldwide exposure, knowledge, that sort of thing. Like he is definitively one of those. And I'm, I recognize The Rock is not what you would call a work rate guy or anything like that. It was Hogan. You, oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, there's probably some people yelling at their, their podcasting device going, well, what about Shawn Michaels? What about Ric Flair? All these guys. Like, Rock is undoubtedly a Mount Rushmore guy when it comes to pro wrestling. Like, oh, he, I mean, he, he's the biggest star. <clears throat> there's, I don't think there's any arguments to be made that he's the biggest star ever. Yeah. He's not the greatest wrestler of all time. No. That, holds to Shawn michaels in yeah. my opinion right but you know in terms of of star power and uh pop culture zeitgeist knowledge oh yeah everybody knows the rock yeah i mean even even now still you know he's he's a multi-billion dollar movie star he's you know uh, a per- television producer basically he's a guy who who transcended professional wrestling while also keeping a foot in it which is also incredibly rare it's it's a lot to follow through on the closest comparison is to, uh, well, Charlotte Flair. And I have no doubt that at some point there is very much going to be a want from the WWE side to do, you know, Charlotte versus Simone or whatever her sure. wrestling name ends up being. Um, it, it's just, you know, that, that's got to be a lot of pressure. And it, there, you know, for as many eyes are on anyone who steps through, you know, the ropes in the PC, there's going to be even more eyes on her because you know, she has to succeed on some level. And also let's be honest, she's going to be given a probably near infinite amount of opportunities to succeed. Should she choose to continue on in pro wrestling? I mean, there, there are other instances in recent memory. You're, you're like Shal Guerrero's, you know, uh, Eddie's daughter and, and that sort of thing where they tried it. It didn't work out and they've moved on. I, I, don't know like how committed Simone is. You know, she did a, a brief interview on WWE backstage this week. I don't really know where she's going to fit in <laughs> in the lexicon of you know multi generational stars. Because I mean, right? I don't think anyone thought Randy Orton would be you know a main event guy for as long as he's been. Um, right. uh, especially considering how much of a troublemaker he was in the beginning of his WWE stint. Uh, excuse me. It, it, it's just one of those things where you go. There's a lot of potential, but there's also some very, very, very big shoes to fill. And, yeah. And I would hope for her sake, they let her try to um, set her own path before they, you know, try to throw her into uh, a mold that is of her father's. Put her under a hood. Put a mask on her. You know? <laughs> yeah, something uh, like although that. Although I don't think her face is that recognizable at this point to, to really warrant that. But yeah, yeah. A, a match with Charlotte seems inevitable. And maybe at WrestleMania 42, we get a triple threat betri- between uh, Simone Johnson, Charlotte Flair, and whatever Brock Lesnar's monster daughter is named. <laughs> um, I feel like that's the... <laughs> That's that's the way we got to go here. Um, but yeah, big 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 shoes to fill here, and you know, obviously we wish her uh, wish her luck. Uh, yeah. I'd like to see some uh, some good things happen there. Um, in terms of other things in and around the PC, uh, as we were just talking about uh, a week or two ago, uh, formerly known as King Cuerno and yes. El Hijo de Fantasma, mm-hmm. uh, finally got cleared from, a, I guess it was a blown out knee, and he came back, or I guess debuted yeah. in NXT house shows, I believe, Saturday night, last night, yep. um, as we're recording this on the Sunday Largo morning. Loop. 
So, uh, so yeah, good for uh, good for him. And I saw that uh, I saw a quick clip of him doing a tope. So uh, very very excited to see that uh, still being a part of his arsenal. And you know, if we know anything about NXT, it's tope city. So very true. Uh, maybe not as much as AEW. Uh, I, I swear at this point that they are doing all the topes just so Excalibur can call them, which then infinitely amuses Tony Schiavone and Jr. Uh, yeah, but. Um, man, what is going on in the PC? seems like everyone blows out a knee or blows out a shoulder in the PC, man. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's, uh, here's my theory, my tinfoil hat theory. And I, I, that, I just want to say, I see this as a man who, uh, clearly does not understand point number one about physical training. So <laughs> let's just put that out there. I'm wondering if it's something along the lines of a lot of these people that they're bringing into the PC are athletes, either pro wrestling in the Indies or uh, former football stars, gymnasts, stuff like that. I don't know if these aren't nagging injuries that once you finally go full tilt in training for pro wrestling, it just kind of exacerbates it to the point where you need to have some kind of surgical intervention. Mm. And if they have, mm. you know, a contract with WWE, I believe if an injury happens while you're doing uh, yeah, something well, in the ring for WWE, yeah. yes, then they will pay for it. So I have a feeling that could be part of it if I have my tinfoil hat on here. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, you know, just catching up with random things from the week. Um, you know, we recently had the uh, return of Ruby Riot uh, yeah. to the WWE, and she was talking about coming back from double shoulder surgery. And apparently, she tore both labrums in her shoulder when she was training for the first time ever. Like when she started Jeebus. in pro wrestling, she did that. And she worked with that for however many years, yeah. you know, into going into the PC, into having her time in WWE. So it was one of those things where it just was like she knew eventually she'd have to get it done, but she wanted to see how far she could push herself, which sounds crazy to me. Yeah, that's probably but, not the smartest uh, plan yeah, there. But she wanted to see how far she could go and, and how long she could push it before, you know, she needed the surgery. And, and that's why she was out for so long with double shoulder surgery. Uh, just a, a crazy thing to think about just how many of these guys and gals are, you know, pushing their bodies literally to the limits for, for our entertainment uh, yeah. to the point where in some cases, you know, the only way to solve it is by sucking blood out of your opponent's neck because <laughs> Chris, my friend, we, we knew it was going to happen. We knew we were going to get Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch yeah. for WrestleMania this year. It, it was in the cards. It was written in the sky above, but I don't think any of us saw Shayna's raw debut going this way. Uh, they were, running, she went full gangrel. Yes. They were running, uh, Becky versus Oscar, uh, which was actually really good. Uh, not necessarily as good as the Rumble match or the Rumble match the year before, but still a very good match. Uh, right. Post-match, Shayna Baszler comes out, attacks Becky Lynch, uh, puts her in the choke, and then after the choke, now when I first heard about it, because I wasn't watching Raw live at the time. Um, How I dare would, you? Yeah, I know. Uh, when I first heard about <laughs> it, I thought maybe she did it while she had Becky in the choke. Right. No. She choked her out, and then while Becky was recovering, laying on her stomach, Shayna bends down and gnaws on her neck. That traditional MMA hold, you know, the it, UFC had to throw it out very early on. They said, you yeah. know, no, no good. We can't have that at the Ultimate Fighting Championships. No more neck biting. Uh, Shayna just gnaws on the back of her neck, not the side of her neck like a vampire. 
Right. Not like the top of her head, which would make sense maybe in the choke. No, just gnaws on the back of her neck and uh, comes up mouth super bloody just days after Vince McMahon said on uh, a conference call that, hey, blood and guts, that's the other guys. Uh, What a weird way to debut Shayna Baszler. Yeah, so I'm not. Uh, apparently, it's some kind of homage to Freddie Blassie, something he did in Japan. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he legitimately his... caused three elderly people, Frank Cross and Scrooge style, to have a heart attack watching the program. Yes. Um, I get the homage, but I really don't see the need for it. I mean, Shayna's reputation in NXT precedes her and not to mention the showing that she had in the Royal Rumble match. Mm-hmm. I really don't feel like you needed it. Yeah. And it was a little bit hokey. Uh, actually, I, I take that back. It was a lot bit hokey because, uh, you know, she went in for like the full comedic, like, yeah, like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. arch your head back and then go forward for it. Um, it was, it was, it was a bit much. And that's a lot of blood quote unquote to be, uh, in that part of the body, I'm not a doctor, but uh, as opposed to like the jugular carotid area where you could expect that kind of blood to come out, the back of the neck, I'm not sure about that. It, 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 was, it was very weird. It was just a weird choice overall. Uh, I don't really understand the, the why or the what for there. Um, I mean, it, it certainly is a memorable visual, one that undoubtedly we will see time and time again uh, in video packages to come. Uh, in black and white. Yes. Uh, but it just was Which one I of hate. those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's just one of those things where I, I don't understand the why or the what for. But, hey, I guess was effective to the same degree. You know, after that, they had this whole thing with Becky Lynch where she was being taken to uh, uh, an ambulance by what were apparently legit EMTs, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> which All is right. great, which is great here just for what happened. Becky attacked the EMTs. These were not workers. These were mm-hmm. uh, these were actual EMTs who she gave bumps to. Okay. And then the uh, then the Stone Cold esque thing they had her do was drive her own ambulance to the hospital. I'm not sure what kind of sense that makes. <laughs> uh, approximately none. I, okay. I feel like I feel like there was a want to try to recreate the lightning in a bottle that was the triple arrest of. Uh, of Becky, uh, yeah, uh, Ronnie, Ronnie, and, uh, and uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was kind of what they were hoping to do. The just crazy thing of like, oh, these, these, these gals be unhitched. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it was just very silly and cheesy and and all that. So she drove herself to the local medical facility. Yes, and then drove herself back yes. later in the show. She yes, did. she, she did. had she had her neck taped up. I'd imagine. Yes, she had the back of her neck taped up and. Uh, game respect game had her neck all taped up the next day in Los Angeles for the press announcement for WrestleMania 37 coming from the SoFi stadium in Los Angeles in 2021. Okay. Well, I need her to, to keep it taped up. Uh, for at least another week or two, um, and I need to have her have the Michael Keaton Batman unable to move your neck, like very limited <laughs> range of motion sort yes, of thing. Yes, you need you need you need to sell it, Bex. All right, if you yeah. want to be paid more than Vince McMahon and be the highest paid person in pro wrestling, as you so described, yeah. uh, you need to sell this shit. All yeah. right. Yeah, and you know what? Go for it, girl. I, I hope she gets it. I hope she makes more money than anybody. Uh, because if there's anyone right now. There's only a handful of people who I really think are genuinely doing things worth watching on main roster WWE right now, and Becky yep. one of them. 
Yeah. So, yeah, give her all the money. Speaking of Batman, Chris, uh, as we like to digress here, uh, what did you think of the first look at Battenson? (laughs) Battenson? Is that what we're calling him, though? Yes. Okay. All right. It doesn't have quite the same ring as Batfleck, but but it's okay. Um, You know, I've... I've learned to temper expectations on things of this nature yeah. uh, because I've often been proven wrong uh, yeah. going all the way back to Heath Ledger's Joker and mm-hmm. even to mm-hmm. Batfleck. I was very anti-Batfleck and I actually thought Ben Affleck did a, a solid job yeah. um, as the aged Batman. Um, in terms of uh, of, of Pat Battinson, yeah. um, I, I kind of dig – the look of the uh, of the bat suit there, mm-hmm. you know, with the rumors and scuttlebutts and uh, things of that nature to be believed, the uh, the bat logo itself is made up of the gun that was used to shoot his parents. Yes, um, which is which is something that was pulled from I think the comic Kevin Smith wrote of Batman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, I actually kind of like that take. It's you know keeping your your pain in there, you know, yeah. with you to show what uh you know why you're doing this. So I'm I'm kind of into it um you know it was a limited sort of thing i liked all the color corrected edits that had come out since mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so far i feel like there's a lot more of his face being shown than in previous batman yeah I don't yeah know yeah it, it, you... it, it definitely feels like the uh, lower part of the cowl is a bit more open and there's actually like a yeah. collar which is different it, it makes it okay. almost feel like um you know a, a few of the old uh as i throw out an old 90s comic reference feels like some of the costumes you'd see in like the old uh elseworlds comics that uh, dc used to do where it's like you know alternate takes of batman through history and stuff like that what if yeah 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 um very much in that vein uh but i on the whole i i like it um i i really need to like hear his voice but in terms of the visual and also the uh the michael giacchino uh score in the background Fuck yeah, dude. Like it, it, it felt awesome. And, and it certainly, if nothing else, feels like a different Batman. Uh, it doesn't feel like we're trying to retread Bale or Keaton or, or anyone yeah. else. It, it, it's definitely its own monster here. Yeah, I like that you mentioned the music, too, because that's something that's really become uh, synonymous with Batman over the years. Like, you think Batman 66 with, uh, you know, the campy theme song, mm-hmm, uh, the na 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 bit. And then you think to um, Danny Elfman's uh, mm-hmm. Batman 89 theme, which is iconic, and then into Hans Zimmer's score for the Dark Knight trilogy, mm-hmm. which in itself is iconic. So, yeah, Michael Gacchino, however you say his name, yeah. um, I'm, I'm for it because he's done, you know, he did the music for lost if i'm not mistaken yeah. and a whole bunch of uh of movies uh since yeah lost the star trek reboot yeah um, that's right which is great he the music in the star yeah. trek reboots really doesn't get the love so. oh yeah uh, incredible the uh, and speaking of incredible he did like the super awesome kind of like 60s swinging music for the incredibles movies and okay and and all that like he is you know one of the the best guys going in terms of film scores so i'm very excited to see yeah what he does and and uh, apparently it was like his demo for like you know the the sound and feel for this new batman score so again uh i i think it's going to be uh if nothing else a unique interpretation of batman and and i'm excited to see where they go there so so this uh, just uh i want to stay on this for a minute so yeah yeah yeah, yeah, please (laughs) this is a complete 
relaunch of Batman. So this yes. doesn't have any ties to the upcoming Suicide Squad sequel or anything that's happened prior, correct? Right. It's its own thing. Um, from something I read over the weekend, uh, this is apparently a year two Batman, as opposed to okay. so often we've had you know, the origin and that sort of thing. Yeah. Or in the case of uh, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman, you know, a, a grizzled, older, beaten down Batman. This is him starting to really, you know, get his feet underneath him. And, okay. um, you know, it's it's a crazy cast. Uh, you know, everyone from Jeffrey Wright as uh, as Gordon. Commissioner Gordon or well, Detective Gordon. Yeah, who yeah, knows? Not, not yet. Not yet. Commissioner. Yeah. Uh, Andy Serkis is Alfred. Um uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Uh, uh, God, what's his name? Um, Colin Farrell as uh, the Penguin. Um, okay. You know, just just a crazy, crazy. Like, uh, I remember when I read through it, it felt like it should be like an A24 indie movie more than, you know, the next installment of the big Batman franchise. Uh, it, well, it, I mean, I, th- I feel like DC's kind of taken a page out of Marvel's book here, you mm-hmm. know, with going. Um, with some people that you may not have expected to get those roles. Yeah. Uh, then we'll probably turn them into, I mean, obviously Robert Pattinson's a pretty big star, um, but not like Robert Downey Jr. size star, but right, you look right. back to when Robert Downey Jr. was cast as Iron Man and he was circling the drain more or less. So, exactly. you know, it's, it's worked for Marvel. Um, and I guess DC, you know, late to the party as per usual is, uh, just adapting that formula here. I, I think, uh, you know, I'm excited for it. I'm curious to see, you know, how it all comes together on film is what? 2022, uh, 2021, June, 2021 okay. is, is what we're looking at for, Right. Uh, the release of that, I'm sure there's going to be more uh, images and, and footage and, and, and that sort of thing, uh, you know, along the way to come. Because we still, you know, haven't gotten a chance to see what everyone looks like. I will say I saw Zoe Kravitz was doing some press this week because she's in the uh, new High Fidelity show. Okay. And uh, she's got her hair all cropped short, a very um, like Batman year one style Selena Kyle look on her. Uh, okay. So, you know, uh, look, look to that for some inspiration, probably. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really stoked, really excited to see how it all comes together. Uh, speaking of upcoming things, uh, one thing that you may have read about this week and not gotten stoked about was the apparent Elimination Chamber match lineup. Uh, they started doing local advertising for the Elimination Chamber and... Uh, what came out was for the SmackDown side, it was going to be Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, King Corbin, and Robert Roode. Mm. Yes. Yeah. A-list players. Well, great news, Chris. That's a lineup they just made up so they could start advertising in Philly. If you're going to make up a fake lineup, at least make it believable. Like, why <laughs> wouldn't you put Cesaro or Cesaro in Raw, I guess? No, no, he's on SmackDown. He's part okay. of the... Uh, <laughs> He's now part of the Sami Zayn crew. It's uh, Sami Zayn. Yeah, Cesaro I saw a gif and... of him going going wild with the cowbell, yes. um, which which I was into. But, you know, put Elias on there or somebody a little more believable than Robert Roode. Yeah. OK, guys, that's just fucking lazy. Yeah. Throw Dolph in there. Although I guess Dolph will be busy with uh, his Ooh. new angle, which is yeah. uh, fucking up all the hopes and dreams of one Otis. Yeah, he's uh, he's going full Destructicon trying to break down some heavy machinery right here. Yeah. So uh, well, well played. Nice pull. <laughs> Sorry, I was channeling my inner Mara Ranala right yeah, there. Yeah. I forgot to do it in the voice, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Otis. 
buddy. Yeah. On Valentine's Day, no less. Oh. Just having uh, the love of your life swooped out of your hands by fucking Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, no good. Very bad. Do not want, do not like. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but hey, at least WWE has recognized that when Dolph Ziggler shows up, people are immediately disappointed. <laughs> it, never, it didn't used to be that way, man. No! It used to be... I used to be back when he had Vicky. Oh, when he had Vicky, when, or when it was him, AJ Lee, and Big E. At Team Rocket, man. I'm oh, all about God. that life. They they were such a great uh, trio. Yeah. Ah, damn it. No, he's yeah. another guy who Twitter is ruined for me. Much like Seth Rollins, he's one of those guys who doesn't know when to shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely got that going on. But hey, he's got a uh, a burgeoning uh, comedy career. He so does. Good, good he on does. you, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Good good luck and Godspeed. So, yeah. uh. All this is a, is a lot to say that, you know, we are still on the road to WrestleMania and some additional matches uh, have started to pop up from the world of rumor and scuttlebutt, uh, as one might assume from the fact that John Cena has been announced to be on the February 28th episode of SmackDown. They announced that well in advance, which I thought was interesting. Um, Gotta pop those ratings, boy. Yeah. So John Cena is going to be part of the Mania build this year. And if uh, what was talked about on this morning's Wrestling Observer Radio is to be believed, uh oh, John Cena will be facing. Do you want to guess, Chris? Do you want to guess? Oh boy, don't say Hulk Hogan. No, no. Okay, no. thank God. I, I have excellent news for you that despite Hulk Hogan's appearance on SmackDown this week, which got interrupted and dunked on by uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, okay. there are no plans right now for Hogan to do anything at Mania. Okay, he's still on their program, which still sucks. Yes, Hulk Hogan. yes, yes. Um, Okay, so John Cena at WrestleMania. So it looks like we'll get Goldberg and Reigns. Uh, they're not going to do John Cena and The Fiend again, are they? they or Bray are, Wyatt again? Uh, they are not. Okay. Are we going to get uh, Elias's payback from last year's WrestleMania and get Elias versus Professor Thugonomics John Cena? Well, Chris, I don't know how you got it in two, but you got Are it you in serious? two. Are you serious, really? The plan right now is, even though he's a face right this minute, Elias versus John Cena. <laughs> Damn. Man, hire me. The, the, the part that was so funny was uh, basically they were talking about it on, on Wrestling Observer Radio this morning, and uh, 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 Meltzer said he didn't want to say who uh, – who John was going to go against until tomorrow. Cause he wanted to confirm it a bit more. And uh-huh. Brian Alvarez goes, Oh God, who's it going to be King Corbin or Elias? <laughs> and Meltzer just goes, well, it's not King Corbin. <laughs> and then he goes, I have no idea how you pulled out Elias. <laughs> and, and, and wow. Alvarez uh, is well. just like, well, I just tried to think about who I'd want to see him go against the least. Sure. Yeah. Shit. Looks like we're going to get John Cena versus Elias. Goldberg right now, not scheduled for WrestleMania. Yeah, we'll see about that. Only apparently supposed to be on Blood Money Volume 5 uh, as okay. he goes against The Fiend uh, because it's still supposed to be Roman Reigns against The Fiend for the SmackDown title. And confirmed by anyone who has uh, sources this week is... AJ Styles versus The Undertaker. Fucking God. I am 95% sure how this happened, which is they probably had a prototype of a new AJ Styles t-shirt backstage, and it said phenomenal on it. 
And then what happened was someone left their Starbucks cup covering part of it and just said Phenom. And so I went, oh, that's it. That's uh, it. That's our match. We're going to do it. That's how I feel about that. Man. Stop carting out the fucking Undertaker's barely holding up carcass. Just fucking stop it. It's the 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 air of mystery is gone. The excitement is gone. Uh, I I sound like a broken record because every time he's brought up, I just get fucking dejected, and I could not care any fucking less about an Undertaker match in 2020. Well, Fuck here, off already. Count your money, raise your MAGA fucking children, and just fuck off. Here's the thing that is so weird right now about WWE, and it, it's been a problem for the past few years. And it's, you know, I'm not saying anything new or different. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm I'm sitting here, you know, standing on a soapbox, finally speaking truth to power or whatever. I'm not going full Bernie Sanders here, and you know, trying to uh, you know, freak out some minds or anything. But uh, there was a segment this week, and I realize we still haven't talked about uh, even since it happened. Edge Randy Orton. You know, apparently it's going to be at Mania. I thought the angle with Edge was great. I honestly thought the uh, promo and segment this week with uh, Matt Hardy and Randy Orton was very well done. Um, But the problem with this is you have this angle, which is during WrestleMania season, which is when they're trying to get the most new fans. Like it's supposed to be the time that people Mm -hmm. pay attention to pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. You had this promo, you had this angle where Matt was talking about the TLC matches, which happened mm-hmm. 20 years ago. He was talking about the, uh, or rather some of the fans were chanting about the Lita thing, which was 15 years ago. Yeah. And talking about Edge's retirement, which was almost 10 years ago. And it's just like, if I'm a brand new fan, to what end am I supposed to care about any of this? You're like you're continuing to dish out things that attract the lapsed fan, but you aren't doing anything to keep them. You are basically you got to hook them. Exactly. Like, you know, uh, at at no point is there this idea of, well, here are these great new stars you need to see and pay attention to. Yes, there's stuff like NXT, which on paper should be that. But as we've talked about many times, NXT feels lame duck because, you know, the minute they get called up, they mean nothing. I mean, yeah. fuck, this week on Raw, we're supposed to get a tag match where I believe it's um, uh, Umberto Carrillo and Rusev against Bobby Lashley and Angel Garza. And it's just sort of like, uh, well, OK, that's four guys who could be used in infinitely better ways. And now they're just all drug into the shit. Like I was vaguely interested in. Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo as an angle, but now it's just part of the whole cuck bullshit, and I don't give a shit anymore. Which I thought that was done, but apparently not. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, there seems to be no interest in elevating anyone new. And yeah, you can sit there and say, well, what about Drew McIntyre? I'm excited for Drew McIntyre. I hope he wins the belt. I hope he becomes a top guy on Raw. But Drew McIntyre was appointed to be the next guy 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's and this is part of the problem that we talked about WWE over those past 10 years is their failure to make new stars. Yeah. And the best way to make new stars is by having them go over established talent. So by having two established talents go against each other, yeah. it serves no purpose. Having AJ Styles, who has been around 
almost as long as the fucking Undertaker. Have those two fight. It doesn't do anything to build a new star. Um, You know, Goldberg versus Reigns. Reigns is the closest thing they have to a new star. And even he's not to the level of a John Cena or, or anything of that nature. You know, who, who, who else is there at that level that they could do something with? Yeah, it's 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 just baffling and uh, it's a bit heartbreaking. I mean, uh, it wasn't that long ago that Xavier Woods was saying in an interview, he was talking about how, you know, they did uh, a photo shoot. And I think it was when they were doing the photo shoot for the ECW, you know, when everybody was dressing up like ECW people and they were cosplaying as ECW people. And it's like, oh, it's really cool. We got to do this. But this moment hit him of like. In 10 years, is there going to be like, you know, these guys from NXT dressing up like the New Day? Yeah, it'll be Street Profits with fucking unicorn horns on yeah. and, and tie-dye, you know, and, and bright colored shirts. It's, yeah, I mean, you know, the New Day is another thing. The, I, obviously, Woods is out, and I guess, are they the champs right now? Yeah, they are the SmackDown okay. champions All right, right But, you know, for the, what, eighth time? Uh, you know, the tag divisions on Raw and SmackDown have been lackluster at their finest points. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the revival with one foot each out the door. Um, you know, Matt Hardy's looking to uh, leave WWE. Jeff will have time to make up because of his injuries and DUIs or whatnot. Um, so, you know, heavy machinery is off doing, you know, love angles with Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. It, you know, you got the Usos. Yeah, I guess. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know. Just I, I want I want New Day to finish up their angles and I want Big E to go to New Japan and, and bump meets with uh, with Shingo. Shingo Takagi. Yeah. 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 That's all. That's all I care about right now. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's just frustrating, you know, especially right now because it is mania season and this could be the time where it's like, OK, yeah, they are going to bring these names back. You're going to throw money at these people. But to use them to put over new guys and instead we're like running edge versus randy orton and we're running aj styles against the undertaker and and i like aj styles a lot and yeah you could point to him as a newer guy but he's still 42 years old like he's yeah he's definitely on his last contract right now yeah he's said that multiple times and i don't know if it was a five-year or three-year yeah um because i think he was i don't know it may have been signed before everybody was getting five years i don't remember either yeah. way by 2025 aj styles is done um so you know how does it how does that look for the future you know if i'm thinking about it as a you know the point of view of a somebody in charge of creative at wwe i'm looking at you know the the class coming up now uh about because at this point it's too late for a cesaro yeah. probably yep. um you know people of that level tyler breeze sent you know went back to nxt he was kind of a, a never was on the main roster unfortunately yep. all these talents um you know do you i don't know do you bring up the undisputed era in my you know one idea that i keep going back to of them doing a nexus style destruction of somebody to to get the heat and establish themselves i mean adam cole's still relatively young i don't is he 30 yet i don't even know Um, if he is i i think he's 30 but he's quote-unquote relatively young um and you know i mean it depends on the guy. Like Roddy's 34, 35. Yeah. Bobby Fish is 40, 41. Right. So like KO's the, still pretty young. Yeah, KO's too. still pretty young and Adam Cole's still pretty young. But it's like, you know, those guys only have but so much self-life. Uh, a Matt Riddle, a guy who is literally getting, you know, uh, apparently uh, punished for trying to speak out of turn. He's 36 yeah. years old. He should be on the main roster. His time yeah. is literally now. 
And yeah, he's, he's still in great shape. He's got a great personality. Like those vignettes they did on NXT this week. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but they were yeah. fucking hysterical. They were amazing. They were they were fantastic. Him and Pete Dunne were like the best odd couple. By the way, that made for one of the best episodes of NXT in a long time because they did, uh, you know. There's a through line. Yeah, there was a through line. They did sports entertainment on the yeah. pro wrestling program. Like right. I, I know that, you know, you and I both become big fans of, well, uh, yeah, we've become big fans of New Japan and, and their style of thing. But guess, I mean, guess what? Fun vignettes are fun vignettes, no matter, you know, yeah. what company they are. And that's something that NXT needed. And it made me infinitely more interested in that duo beyond just like, oh, they're going to have a killer match against Undisputed Era on Sunday. And, you know, the, those things help. And it's just a bummer where I can sit here and go, God, I do want to see Matt Riddle versus Brock Lesnar. I do want to see Matt Riddle against Goldberg. But more importantly, I want to see Matt Riddle beat Goldberg. And I want to see Matt Riddle beat Brock Lesnar. And I want Matt Riddle to be set up as like the king should have fucked Mountain so that when somebody comes after him, it means something. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 dig into this here. So let's yeah. go through the raw roster of yeah. people who could possibly be the next guy. So AJ Styles, we just talked about a little yeah. bit, a little bit old. Um, Occam from uh, Authors of Pain. No, not no, a chance. He's no. he's going to be a top guy. Akira Tozawa. Not sure how old he is. He's kind of regulated two hundred five live and getting kicked in the face. He's not going to do it. Yeah. Probably one of the best choices would be an Alistair Black. Yes. Not sure how old he is. Let's see. I think he's early 30s. He's 34. Okay. So, you know, not uh, not a spring chicken, but not too late to pull the trigger on. But he's someone they should be building around. Andrade right there with Andrade should be the guy. He's only 30. And he's also, you know, engaged to Charlotte Flair. So that bumps his stock up a fair amount. Yeah, Angelo and, Dawkins. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say is, and if you had Alistair Black and Andrade turn into top guys on Raw, what you could do is you could show clips of their matches from NXT. Yeah, and, which and was you, such a great feud. Yeah, but the thing is, you would be able to, as WWE, point to the fact that greatness in one grows to become greatness in another. And, right. And it, basically, you would be justifying both to the audience and to the roster and help to your investors that NXT works. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that, uh, you can point more eyes to the network and try and boost a couple subs on there before you totally shoot it out of the fucking water. Yeah. Um, Angelo Dawkins. He, uh, how old is Angelo Dawkins? Dawkins. He's, I don't know. His age isn't in here. Yeah. It's a, just a street profit page. Yeah. Um, but he's been around for a hot minute. Yep. Um, Big Show, yeah, nope. Bobby Lashley, nope. Brock Lesnar, nope. Cedric Alexander, apparently Vince likes him but has no plans to do anything with him. So he's a nope. Kurt Hawkins, nope. Drew McIntyre, definitely now or never. Um, mm-hmm. EC3 is probably not long for the world in WWE. Um, nope. yeah. He's actually he's out with a concussion. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, we've got Edge. We've got Eric Young, nope. nope. Eric Rowan. No, no, it's it's not going to work for Eric Rowan. No, the closest uh, thing Eric Rowan could ever be would be like a Kane type, you know, looming in the background guy. But yeah, it's it's already too fucked. Uh, Eric, of the two guys on uh, the Viking Warriors, or whatever the fuck they're called now, Viking Raiders. Uh, yeah, Viking War Raiders. Machine. Thank you. Um, I would Raymond say, Rowe. Yeah, I I would say he has the higher upside of the two as a singles guy. Uh, probably. Let's see. How old is uh Ray Rowe here? He's thirty five. So, uh, there's that Umbuto Curio. Uh, definitely has an upside. There's mm-hmm. a lot of young Latin talent 
on the male side of the roster yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, Jinder Hall, yeah, not going to happen. Carl Anderson, old, not going to happen. Kevin Owens, I mean, he's kind of had some time spent up there. Right, right. I don't know what the deal is, why he hasn't really gotten back up to that level. Uh, mm-hmm. He's 35. Yep. So, you know, he could still get that extra push up there for a couple years. Uh, Gallows, no. Matt Hardy, no. Mojo Rawley, LOL. Um, Montez Ford definitely has potential to be a top star. Yeah. Either keeping with the tag team or especially on his own. Um, I feel like going on his own, doing his, you know, gimmick would just fucking go over like wildfire. Yeah. Uh, Murphy definitely looks to be a guy who they're trying to build, much like an Alistair Black or an yeah. Andrade. Like, if, if you know, gun to head, you told me who do I think the top four guys should be on Raw, I would say Alistair Black, Andrade, Murphy, and uh, Drew Ricochet. McIntyre. Oh, well, okay. I mean, even Ricochet, too, eventually. But, I mean, Ricochet's a yeah. little bit younger, so I could see him as a, you know, upper mid upper mid-card, just below main event guy. Yeah. No way, no way Jose. No yeah, way. Jose. <laughs> yep, no way right there. Randy Orton's old. Ray Mysterio's old. The other uh, AOP, Razor, nope. nope. Um, R- Riddick Moss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> R-Truth is great in the R-Truth role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rusev. Should have been. Should have been. been. Definitely it should have been. Um, Joey Samoe. Uh, I think. past, I think, Yeah, I think he's locked in as uh, upper mid-card guy. Yeah. Uh, Shelty B, a little bit old. Seth Rollins, they tried. It just yeah. didn't uh, just didn't work. Titus O'Neil is basically just on the roster for his uh, philanthropic sorts of uh, uh, community service type things at this point, I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah. Um, and Zack Ryder somehow still still employed. Yeah. So, you know, some somebody has to feed his action figure addiction there. Yes. So that's that's the raw men. I mean, yeah. there's four or five possibilities of who could be top guys so why wouldn't you put um you know alistair black against edge or randy orton in that position you know or or really alistair black versus undertaker that's your money match oh yeah it's sitting right in front of you if you're if you're insisting on on carting out the dead man uh and propping him up on some fucking stills just have him come out there black mass done go to fuck home yeah and credit where credit is due uh, Paul Heyman does seem to be trying to push the guys who we just named as like the people you should be building around. It's just he seems to be getting cut off at the knees for the idea of, oh, well, we also need to do the mania matches with these, you know, old farts, if I'm honest. Yeah, but put the old farts against the new farts. God damn it. It's, <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah. Um, let's just run through SmackDown real quick. Uh, yeah. Apollo Crews. Nope. Biggie. Yeah. We just spoke about uh, yeah. Bo Dallas still employed. Braun Strowman, I guess they're trying again with the yeah, IC title yeah. run, but he's been neutered so many times. He's the big it show would take, now. Yeah, it, it would take a huge kind of um, him to go away for a little bit and a whole on, you know, Bray Wyatt turning into the Fiend character relaunch right. for that for Braun Strowman to be taken as a credible threat again. Right. Um, Cesaro, unfortunately, time's probably passed on him getting to the top of the card. He could always be a last minute plug in for a one off pay per view show to fight yeah. for any title because he has that credibility, but has never really had the interest or or you know rocket strapped to him to yeah. to get the chance. If anything, Cesaro is probably closer to becoming a pc trainer than anything else and i think he's gonna be amazing at it um, sure yeah absolutely. You know, i 
I take nothing away for a guy who I think can give so much back to wrestling, but he definitely has unfortunately or fortunately found himself in a career trajectory very similar to a William Regal. Yeah, that's true. Well, hell, if he takes over as general manager of NXT eventually, I don't I don't know if I could hate that. Yeah, I, I certainly <laughs> wouldn't have problems with it. Uh, as long as he doesn't yodel. Yeah, uh, and you know what? If he if he GMs while wearing the tear-off suit that he had for his intro for a while. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty uh, great. Cesaro. Uh, Curtis Axel, nope. Daniel Bryan getting up there in age. He ha- no. has had plenty of time at the top of the card. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, the injury and, and going away for a couple of years definitely uh, bumped the stock that he's a, another one of those guys you could plug into a title feud at any point mm-hmm. and be believable, but not uh, – I don't think he's sustainable as a long-term champ at, it, at, I mean, at this point anymore. When the story came out that Daniel Bryan basically kicked down the door at a SmackDown taping and said, who are the next guys? And that's yeah. when he vouched for Mustafa Ali. I mean, yeah. that tells you everything, not just about his brain, but, you know, how people internally are even looking at the roster and saying, what the fuck? Like, who am I passing this on to? And apparently, I think I read the other day that Mustafa Ali hasn't had a televised match in 2020. This is and accurate. We're, is, we're a month and a half in. So that's yep. just fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, Wilder and um, uh, what's the other guy's name? Dash and Dawson. Yeah. Um, you know, like we said, they're probably out the door headed elsewhere. If, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, whether that be AEW, whether it be Japan, whether it be MLW, whether it be fucking who knows. Yeah. Uh, probably not WWE, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I think if they go to an AEW, uh, they're going to do just fine. There'll be a nice mix uh, in the tag division. But, yeah. you know, it, th- we could have had this resurgence of the tag division on TV. Like we saw every week on NXT, these great teams going against each other. Mm-hmm. And instead, no. Yep. Dolph Ziggler. Yep. Nope. Uh, Drake Mavic never will happen. Uh, no. Drew Gulak not getting that opportunity. Elias is a character. Uh, and he'll pre- he's he's Jeff Jarrett. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. He, I I like Elias a lot, and I feel like he's actually someone who I've grown to enjoy more on the main roster than I ever did on NXT. So credit where credit is due there for yeah. as, as many guys as we shit talk how the main roster has used them. Elias is actually, if anything, gotten better. Um, yeah. But he's not going to be a guy where people go, oh man, Elias is getting a world title shot. I need to see that happen. Right. Yeah. Primo and Epico. Nope. Ray Wyatt has his moment in the sun right now. Who knows how long it'll last and if he'll ever get back to the heights he is right now. Hey, man, so um, long as the Slipknot kids keep buying his merch, he'll be fine. Hey, man, <laughs> I'm a Slipknot kid and I ain't buying shit from him. Uh, <laughs> Goldberg is Goldberg. Grand Metal League, not going to happen for him. Heath no. Slater, LOL. Jeff Hardy, nope. Uh, Jimmy J. Uso, they're, they're a tag team. Yeah. They, you know. They're, they're not going to be anything more than that. Um, Cena is listed on the roster there. John Morrison is 40 plus. And, and um, he could like his standing on the roster could not have been made more clear than the fact he got eliminated immediately by Brock Lesnar at the run. That fucking killed me inside. Yeah. Um, you've got Kalisto who they had a chance with. He had a couple uh, solid solo um, star making uh, opportunities and we thought he did well, but I guess uh, he doesn't speak Spanish or English. Maybe that hurts him a little bit. Uh, hey, hey, he's going to do a good, going to do a good thing. lucha Woo, thing. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Kane is still listed on the, uh, on the roster. I mean, there's Baron Corbin, whose real name is Tomic Pestock, which is a terrible name. Yeah. Yeah, that is a <laughs> um, name. But at this point, 
he's just kind of there as a mid card heel. Yeah. And you know, I can't really buy him as a, uh, a full on villain for the main program. Yeah. No. Uh, and they keep trying. They, they keep trying. They keep, 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 keep trying. Yeah. Uh, Kofi, he's on his last contract. Lars Sullivan, bit of a troubled past for that guy. Not yeah. sure if he, when he comes back, is going to get the opportunity to be that guy. Lince Dorado has less of a chance than Grand Metalik. Um, there's the Miz, who's 40 plus. Uh, Musaf Ali, we mentioned earlier, definitely deserves it. Otis, uh, Robert Rude, nope. There's Reigns. Sami Zayn, why isn't Sami Zayn wrestling? Do we have an answer for that? We don't. He's healthy. So what the fuck? I know. He he absolutely <laughs> should be doing something. Christ. And, uh, and yeah. God knows he's cutting amazing promos right now as this, you know, heel leader for uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro. But yeah. yeah, and he's a great promo and a great shithead character, but he's also a great wrestler. Yep. Uh, the ship has sailed on him in that uh, Seamus, his time has passed yeah. um, Nakamura is on the you know back end of his career yeah. there's fucking uh, uh, Chad Gable sitting right there ready well, to go for you no but he's nope, shorty G, he's, him... he's too tiny Yeah, no he's Chad Gable um, real name Charles Betts man that's a just milk toast name if I ever heard one yep. then you got Tucker and, uh, and Woods honestly you know if Kofi retires if Big E doesn't want to resign after this contract, I think you could put a lot of stock in Woods as a solo star. I agree. I, I think he'd be great. He's only 33. Yeah. So, you know, it's not too late to get that going. So, yeah, there's, there's, you know, and that's, that doesn't mention all the, all the people in NXT who certainly have the possibility there. Uh, Cole Garza, um, Austin Theory, super young. I'm sure at one yep. point he could be made something. Um, you know, Velveteen Bronson Dream. Reed. Yeah, Bronson Reed definitely has a ceiling um, on him there. Damian Priest, verdict's still kind of out there on him. Dijakovic, certainly a uh, a possibility for him. Ballers floating around down there. Um, you got Swerve, you got uh, Gargano, Keith Lee, Kushida, who they're never going to do anything with Kushida, uh, which yeah. is a shame. Leo Rush, um, Riddle, Pete Dunn is there. You know, there's there are people there mm-hmm. is with this long detour is, is just going to say here, not to mention, you know, your Walters and, and uh, Tyler Bates and things of that nature. Yeah, they have 300 yeah. fucking people uh on staff is that is that just roster or is that just uh, that, that's just roster staff? that's just that's 300 people on the roster 300 people on the roster 900 employees beyond that and you come up with fucking edge and orton again yeah that's that's the point yeah. you have all these fresh matchups with so many people with great upsides to their uh abilities and performances and we're getting edge and orton again it's just it's it's regressive yeah, yeah, it's incredibly regressive and it's extremely frustrating, especially in the face of, as I transition to what has become our uh, go-home segment every week, yeah. The Wednesday Night Wars. Honestly, two of the best episodes of each respective program aired Wednesday night. Yeah, and good it's, shows. It's full of fresh faces and fresh fresh matchups and compelling storytelling. And, or, and continuing feuds, too. Yeah, and, you know, they're, they're all things that I end up giving a shit about. And meanwhile, you have what are apparently the the top lexicon shows of Raw and SmackDown. Raw is getting better, but it's still dull as dishwater. And SmackDown mm-hmm. 
is fucking laughable every week, and it's just a bummer. But let's let's swing into the positive. Chris, you want to get into NXT first or AEW Dynamite? Uh, let's go to NXT. That was fresher in my mind. I watched that this morning. All right. Uh, so we we were having the go home show to tonight's takeover Portland. By the way, it yeah. does look like we are gonna break into that hour and a half long episode again for as much as i thought this was gonna be a short one um we, we could save the portland uh preview for the patreon you know what i think that's what we're gonna do we're gonna call an audible on that um so uh show kicked off with uh roddy strong cutting an angry promo against the velveteen dream velveteen dream very much riding that tweener uh character yeah, uh, with uh, the uh, Roddy Strong family all over his tights, and then uh, Roddy Strong's angry promo interrupted by Bronson Reed's angry promo on yeah. Roddy Strong because yeah. he got jumped by UE last week. So again, things happen, and then they continue the storyline, and it pays off. Funny yeah. how that works. Yeah, uh, really enjoyed the match. Uh, Bronson yeah, Reed uh, is an absolute shit kicker, uh, and he and, and Roddy just pretty much laid into each other. There was a, a really great superplex for Roddy Strong on the Bronson Reed. Yeah. Uh, which got a nice holy shit chance from uh, the crowd there. Uh, oh, and, and then uh, when Roddy was on the outside and Reed did like the diving tackle off the yes, apron onto him. Yes. That looked fucking brutal. Yeah. Um, and I will give them credit. They uh, stopped themselves from doing the old trope of the distraction finish costing the person being distracted because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dream's music hit and the lights went purple and he was distracted momentarily but he uh regained his uh focus and composure and put away bronson reed so it it actually bucked the trend of the um um uh what do you i just forgot the name of the fucking term the thing that the trope that's what i was doing to say it's not tope there's another letter in there trope um so yeah a solid solid opening i wouldn't say it was as good as the opening match on aew if we're going match by match here yeah um but still a really solid open for for nxt uh agreed so uh we had that match. Velveteen Dream did pop up and uh, cut a promo right. on Roddy Strong, saying that he was, uh, uh, you know, getting revenge for Strong, putting him on the shelf, and he said he's going to take out Strong and then uh, move in and be the new daddy. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> uh, we had the first segment with Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle. Uh, they ended up getting pulled over by police while trying to drive to uh, Portland because they didn't know how to get to Portland with the Dusty Cup trophy because it is so big that they didn't want to go through airport security. Um, and well, it's just it's it was it was well done pro wrestling comedy. Yes. which again as, as has been talked about many times on this podcast is tough to do, uh, but they pulled it off because you had you know Riddle driving, and I love the touch that it was a Mustang. Yes. Which is a stallion yes. because he's yes. a fucking stallion. Um, and the fact that um, uh, Dunn tried to drive on the left side of the road. Like, yes. there's, it's just, it's common sense stuff. But when you put it together in a way that makes sense, it makes the comedy work that much more. Yes, yes. Uh, we had Dakota Kai against Candice LeRae, which was a really intense match. I was surprised yeah. by that. Um, well, I mean, the, the story's there. Again, yeah. something happened at War Games. Yes. Dakota Kai turned on her team. Candice LeRae was on that team. So it makes sense yeah. that they had this match and it was so heated. It, it, again, it's it's common sense that works. Yes. Uh, LeRae had a nice uh, bloody nose going on in that one. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, 
She pulled uh, out a penis plex, too. Yes, uh, but uh, Dakota Kai gets a win on a roll-up. Uh, LeRae's still mad. They keep fighting. Kai fight, fights back and then was going to use the ring bell on uh, Candice LeRae, but then Tegan Knox ran out from the crowd going after Dakota Kai, continuing to build the Tegan Knox-Dakota uh, Kai match for this Sunday. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, very enjoyable and also very enjoyable, surprisingly so. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Cameron Grimes. Um, yeah. Gargano looks to be in crazy shape, by the way. Um, I mean, that guy's been in good shape for a while, but like, yeah. he looks freaky, like cut right now. Um, it's super fast. Yes. But uh, he was darting around. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the match and uh, Cameron Grimes looked really great here. Uh, it's probably yeah. the best I've seen him in NXT. Uh, hopefully Grimes is a guy that, um, I know I've been kind of outspoken about like I'm not super huge on him. After this match, I'm like, hey, let's let's give him more stuff to do. Let's let's see him in the mix there. Well, you weren't huge on him because of his in-ring work or his character. Yes, I I just I I, <laughs> I just wasn't really sold on the guy. I know some people okay. really liked him as Trevor Lee and all that, but uh, he never really worked for me. I don't know why. Right, fair um, enough. But uh, after this match, I'm I'm a bit more of a fan of the guy. Um, okay, good. We had a quick Adam Cole promo with the. Sadly Maybe. departing Kathy Kelly. Uh, yeah, it's a talk, bummer. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what the story is behind that. Um, I'm sure we'll find out more soon. Um, she but, was the only one I could recognize out of the backstage interviewers. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, uh, but uh, it was more just to talk about, you know, the, the upcoming Tommaso Ciampa match. We had another yeah. – uh, <laughs> we had another – uh, Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle vignette where this time they were sitting in a swan shaped paddle boat. God, this is where Matt Riddle goes to think, which I love. Yes. So many reasons. Yes. Um, we had uh, great camera work in that too, by the yes, way. Yes. Yes. Very well done. Yeah. Uh, we had a promo for the Robert Stone brand uh, where ch- basically they were talking about how Chelsea Green's going to get revenge um, for, you know, I, I forget what random jobber she lost against. Uh, I don't remember either. But yeah, uh, more just build for that. Again, little vignettes. Give the build. Give us an yeah. idea of who these characters are. Give us an idea of what this universe is. Enjoyable stuff. We had a really fun Leo Rush Angel Garza match. Those two are so great together. I, I don't think it was necessarily as good as the title change they had, but it was a very good match. Um, yeah. And uh, Leo Rush uh, ended up winning. And uh, got immediately confronted by the current champion, Jordan Devlin, a guy who I'm very happy to see in the NXT mix. Um, and I'm really stoked for that match. Devlin's yeah, becoming, be great. Uh, become a guy who I really like. And uh, Leo Rush's sort of rebirth on NXT has been super enjoyable. That's tonight, right? Um, I don't know if it's tonight. I think it's okay. next week on NXT television, actually. Okay. All right. Um, we had a video package where Mark Henry was putting over the Keith Lee Dominic Dijakovic match. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it was all about uh, legendary big guy puts over young big guys. I, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Funny how that works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it turns out you can use old names to make people give a shit. How no shit? Um, Bianca Belair squashed Santana Garrett. Um, and uh, was confronted by Rhea Ripley. Yeah, was confronted by Rhea Ripley. Uh, basically, again, a bit more build, but still, it's sadly such a lame duck match uh, heading yeah. into the mania match between Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. We had another uh, Matt Riddle, Pete Dunn sketch. This time, Matt Riddle found an airplane they could use to get to Portland. And, and they stowed away on it. They stowed away on it. 
And it turned out it was Triple H's private plane. <laughs> Which was just ridiculous. Yes. And that they, they, they could fit in the luggage uh, coming together. And I loved, you know, the, the video of the plane taking off and Riddle yeah. go, we're going to Portland, bro. It's <laughs> fucking so stupid. I love it. Yes, yes. And uh, I, I will say it is just a little weird to me that the entire NXT roster going to Portland doesn't get a chance to go on the private plane with Triple H. Of course not. So that's why they call it a private plane, my yeah, friend. Yeah, just thought that was a little weird. He's got to um, walk around in his underoos and spit water all over the place <laughs> and rail out Stephanie, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa had a really <laughs> awesome, really intense uh, promo. That uh, guy's so good. He he really is just firing on all cylinders. Um, it's such a shame that basically, due to injury and everything else, we're never going to see that guy like yeah. over the main roster. I mean, he said himself he doesn't want to. He said, you know, when he's done uh, on NXT, he wants to become a trainer, which is cool. Um, I but, think his body of work in NXT will leave a great legacy. Oh, totally. Totally. It's just, you know, it, it's almost like being, I don't know. Um, if all of your best work was in minor league baseball and not major league, you know, it's, it's cool yeah. and all, but, oh man, you should have been in the world series instead of, you know, whatever the equivalent is for minor Touché. league. Touche. Touche. <clears throat> excuse me uh then the main event of the night uh with no real build which i think kind of hurt it um well there was some you know kushida got attacked by undisputed era last week yeah. and there was a reason for the match to happen there was so, just, and at, at the bare minimum that's that's what you need right right it's just i don't know i i, I felt like i really like adam cole i really like kushida i could have done which is a little more oomph to make this match seem even bigger i thought it was a great match though um Really enjoyable. Uh, uh, I think part of I think part of why you feel that way is because kind of punked out Kushida, who yeah. is such a great wrestler. So yes. <laughs> it's kind of a shame that that's where Kushida is in NXT, yeah. as opposed to being the top of the junior division in Japan. Right. But I get right. it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, unsurprisingly, Adam Cole uh, went Maybe. over in the end because we were the last shot. And then we had a uh, appearance from Tommaso Ciampa and the two had a stare down uh, where Ciampa said he's going to take his life back. So uh, apparently no one will survive. Yes. I don't know if you caught that. Yes. From that angle. Yeah. Uh, I I thought it was awesome. Uh, I'm really looking forward to take over. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what those two guys do against each other. But, um yeah, it, it basically checked all the boxes. Good wrestling, good storytelling, fun vignettes, everything you could want. Yeah, it was it was a really good episode. Both shows, both, excuse me, NXT and Dynamite put out really good shows this week. And uh, transitioning over to the Dynamite side of things, they yeah. were outside of Austin, Texas. Yes, yes. Um, the HEB Center. HEB is a chain of grocery stores in the area. Okay, never heard of that. I was wondering what that was. Yeah, uh, um, they're, they're was, really nice. <laughs> oh, are they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not not quite the Piggly Wiggly is what you're saying. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so they were. Um, it was near. It was pretty crowded, and yeah. the crowd was pretty hot the whole night, which helped as well. Yeah. Um, the show started with a tag team title match, and everybody, like we said last week, I love it when they do that. They start with a match. They mm -hmm. do their introductions. Go right to the ring. Everybody's in there. Justin Roberts does his terrible introductions, and uh, then we start the match. Well, um, just before we started the match, we got a quick video interruption from the dark. Oh party. yeah. Yep. that they are more than four and some may be closer than you think and they're awaiting the arrival of the exalted one and 
So I will say, uh, Evil Uno has grown on me. Yes. I think he's a pretty solid talker. Yes. Um, and I, he's got the the confidence, and I like you know anytime a guy wears a suit with a luchador mask, you have my interest. Absolutely. Um, so that definitely definitely helped things on that. The exalted one. You know, will it be Christopher Daniels? Will it be Matt Hardy? Will it be somebody else? Who the fuck knows? Um, Right now, it seems like all signs point to Christopher Daniels, but I don't know. I I will say I saw some people uh, online hoping that if they decide to, you know, swerve on us, that uh, Mil Muertes would be an amazing one. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Don't make me. Don't don't give me. Don't I, don't give me false hope like that. I, don't. I, I, I thought that uh, you'd want to hear that just because I, I read that as fantasy book and it was like, man, that that would make Chris's life. I mean, the only thing better than Mil Muertes being the exalted one would be fucking Dario Cueto. And yes. if God, as my witness, if Dario Cueto is the exalted one, I I will cancel my WWE subscription <laughs> uh, and I, I, don't, I, I will pledge my undying allegiance to AEW. Yeah, well... well we will find a way to get you that VPN so you can pay the, the five a month for <laughs> AEW plus on fight TV. Um, yeah. But yeah, we had Kenny Omega and hangman page defending the world tag titles against SCU of Scorpio sky and Frankie Kazarian. This match was fantastic. Really good stuff there. Great action. Frankie Kazarian looking the best he's probably has in his entire run. I know yeah. I keep talking about how I wish Scorpio sky would get a solo run, but you know what? If his tag matches keep being like this, I'll be fine. I, I will take solace in that. Um, Omega and Hangman Page look great. Also, uh, I think it was the first crowd to chant the You Can't Escape with uh, yes. Kenny doing the uh, the You Can't Escape in the corner. It was noticeably uh, loud. Yeah, I did catch that as well, which is always good to see, um, you know, that his stuff's getting over. He still has to do the Terminator theme on the on the apron or the um, or the mat to, mm-hmm. to get people to do that. I feel like eventually that'll catch on. Yes. And, and it'll start, you know, we're only four months in the TV at this point. Right. So right. Uh, it, it, it'll get there. But, yeah, they, they seem mostly on the same page. Um, no pun intended. And uh, the match was good. And then, then uh, Hangman and uh, uh, Omega retained. Yep. So next week we'll find out who the number one contenders are with the Battle Royal. Yeah. And that kind of paid off at the end of the match. Uh, Omega and Page went to the back and then out came Dark so Order. So as he was out there, out came Dark Order. Uh, then out came Butcher um, Blade Bunny. Out came Best the friends. Hybrid 2. Best Friends. And then eventually the Young Bucks. And then we had our, our uh, go home before the Royal Rumble uh, Battle Royal bit. Exactly. So, yeah. You know. Because that's coming up next week in Atlanta. Pack show for Atlanta next week. Yeah. We'll talk about that as we get there. Uh, we had an awesome sit-down pre-taped interview with Santana by JR. Santana's a hell of a talker, man. He is, and I really like I like the sit-down promos pre-recorded with JR because JR really, you know, he brings that, you know, legacy and, and history of interviews. Like, you think back to uh, when he did the one with uh, Mankind and Mankind attacked him. Like, it's those sorts of things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that it's kind of uh, in, in vain with. And, yeah, Santana was great. Yep. J- just really got me excited. And more than anything, it got me excited for when they finally turn Proud and Powerful face, yeah. they are going to be so over. Hell yeah. Because of promos like these. Um, well, they're the best. Yeah, the, best. the best. The best. The best. The best. The best. Um, the best. 
Excalibur then threw it to a Darby Allen video. Darby Allen mocking the cards from Sammy Guevara because his throat is all still beat up. Yeah. And, uh, basically saying, you know, hey, you up, what you doing at uh, at Revolution. <laughs> and, uh, also also saying that uh, he got herpes from kissing Chris Jericho's ass. Yes, yes. So um, we're going to get Guevara against Darby Allen at Revolution. That's one of those matches where I think there's going to be two guys going to steal the show. Hell yeah, brother. I'm I'm all I'm all 100% here for that match. Then speaking of Guevara, he had a really great match with a super over Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, hometown uh, hero Dustin Rhodes. Uh that's where he lives, uh I guess. Mm-hmm. So super super over with the crowd. The match wasn't long, but uh it w- had some good stuff in there including the patented 2020 Dustin Rhodes destroyer. Yes. So that's that's always fun to see Guevara you know, took the L here. He had been on a bit of a win streak mm-hmm. mostly uh, as of late. But, you know, Dustin uh, Dustin getting the win in his hometown. It's good yeah. to see. And then Dustin uh, had a lot of fire and cut a promo uh, yeah. on Jake Hager asking him uh, if he's ever going to have a match uh, in AEW. So he challenged him to a match at Revolution. I don't think Hager versus Dustin Rhodes is going to be the most pretty match by any no. means. But uh, that promo alone was enough to sell me on wanting to see it. I feel like Hager needs new gear. Like if if Jake Hager, this character in AEW, comes yes. out with a singlet, yeah. it's going to ruin any air of badassery that he's perpetrated here. I think if he comes out in like, you know, the MMA shorts or whatever he wears in Bellator. Yes. Like that, yes. that'll work. That'll work. Um, we had uh, another Britt Baker promo. God damn it. Britt Baker as a heel is so fun. I really enjoy this. Her, She's such a Karen. It's uh, so bad. <laughs> her and Tony Schiavone are like the best duo right now in wrestling. Uh, Tony does so little, but yet so much to put over yeah. her snide little uh, compl assaults. No, the, nothing will top Tony's reaction to the Starbucks bit on the cruise yes. where you just see a mouth. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like that's the crowning achievement in Tony Schiavone's career, unfortunately. And uh, Britt using uh, the local heat uh, once again, basically spiking the mic by making fun of Whataburger at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't see that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was. It was good. And I love the fact that the only interview that Tony Schiavone is able to complete is with. <laughs> yes. Yes. Every <laughs> other interview he has gets interrupted. Right. But instead he has to deal with the Britt Baker interview that insults him the entire time all yes. the way through. There's it's no escape great. for, for Tony there. You um, can't yes. Uh, then we had again, a great freaking match. Uh, I had a good feeling about this because the first one that uh, happened on the first episode of Dynamite that we were live for was tremendous. Nyla Rose, Riho, round two, probably the best women's match I've seen this year so far. Admittedly, I don't watch stardom or anything like that, but this was really damn good. And we have a new AEW women's champion as Nyla Rose ends up going over. What do you think of this one, Chris? I really enjoyed it. Those two have a really good um, rapport in ring. And I don't know if it's Riho carrying Nyla Rose or, you know, I don't know if Mm -hmm. it's the way she sells everything and finds the way to, well, doesn't find the way to fight from underneath. She is fighting from underneath uh, because she weighs 20 pounds. But, you know, it's that, that, 
fighting spirit to steal mm-hmm. a term uh, from New Japan there that she exudes. And, you know, Nyla Beast is uh, Nyla Beast. Nyla Rose is a beast. Yeah. Uh, you know, she lives up to the um, moniker that she's yes. been given and uh-huh. everything about the match worked. It was really well done. Yeah, and uh, I just want to take a, a quick moment to our dear listeners, if you are thinking about at all commenting about Nyla Rose and uh, anything that she may have done prior to her time in pro wrestling and who she was or wasn't, uh, you can go fuck yourself and just stop listening. So there yeah. we go. Kindly um, fuck all. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, anyway, uh, we had an interview with Lexi Nair, who is apparently uh, uh, DDP's stepdaughter. By the way. Right, the uh, one that uh, apparently yes. MJF said she he banged. Yes, um, she, so and you know what? She's actually doing really good as sort of the the talking head interviewer person in AEW, at least by comparison to the interchangeable uh, humans that seem to come from a factory that are on WWE. But, she's uh, she's uh, a lot easier on the eyes than Alex Marvez, so yes. I will take it. Yes, uh, but she was interviewing Chris Jericho. Uh, Jericho called John Moxley human trash said he's going to give him a title match anyway but hey there's a surprise for john moxley as he scoured the world for a bounty hunter and found a man named jeff cobb this is the way yes <laughs> jeff, i'm surprised he didn't work that in there somehow talking yes. about a bounty hunter jeff cobb popping up in aew unexpected we also had yeah. a really cool hype video that played right after jeff cobb um cobb apparently is a free agent right now um mostly because he wanted to keep working AEW or not AEW excuse me uh, New Japan America um so he's not signed anywhere and he's going to at least play through this angle in AEW yeah um but yeah Jeff Cobb was not a guy I expected to have pop up out of the blue on Dynamite this week he was just at the Free Ring of Honor show in yeah. Baltimore last week yeah. so you know he's putting the miles on this week popping up there apparently he's just here for this angle like you said so yeah. you know I'm I'm fine for it we're getting Moxley and um, Cobb next week on Dynamite mm-hmm. which should be great did they have a match in G1 or are they in a different block they I don't did recall. have a match in G1 it wasn't as good as you had hoped yeah i remember um, I, I thought so and i remember yeah. being not as uh uh overwhelming uh, as it could have been i feel yeah. so uh but hey you know uh cobb eventually just to jump ahead to the final bit here yeah. um he came out at the end while everybody in the inner circle was attacking moxley and came out uh got a solid reaction from the crowd mm-hmm. which is always good to hear when you're introducing somebody and then did the tour of the islands on uh on moxley but he came out like just looking like a badass like he yeah. was shot from underneath he looked massive he had like the big angry walk happening down there where you can kind of tell in his mind he's thinking to himself don't fall down the ramp don't fall down the yeah. ramp don't yeah, fall yeah, down the yeah, ramp yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he went in there and, and, and it was served in the inner circle, at least for now grows by one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a dominant force, it reinforces that, uh, Moxley has no friends and it's kind of a loner cause nobody came out to help him. Yep. Um, even the people who have beef with the inner circle, but you know, whatever, yeah. uh, it, it, it made sense, um, for what it was. And, you know, so of course going on Twitter after a wrestling show, you get all kinds of points of view. People were like, "Oh, why, why, why uh, are they just gonna, uh, you know, bring them out? Uh, you know, well, why would they announce it earlier and then um, have them come out later?" And 
I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, we complained when they didn't announce the butcher, the blade, and the bunny, and then they just showed up to little or no mm-hmm, fanfare. Mm-hmm. And then there was the what was the other debut that somebody showed up to no fucking reaction. I uh, I, I can't recall off the top of my head, but we've had a few of them in AEW. Yeah, Hager got a reaction because yeah. he's a well known face. Uh, yeah. not face, but his actual people face. know who he uh, is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, it, it, uh, if anything, what I think was interesting was this felt like we weren't going to see him this week. Right. The, the fact that they did the promo and they did the video, it, if anything, it made his appearance at the end more of a surprise. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I, I liked it, but you know, I feel like an intro- introducing these people a little bit, uh, is probably the way to go. Uh, was yeah. Luther. It was fucking Dr. Yeah, Luther yeah, 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 yeah. That's what is what it was. It was like, who the fuck is this guy? And yeah. Excalibur is trying to put him over. Yeah. Obviously out of anybody, I'm the most familiar with Jeff Cobb. Right. Um, but you know, that's me and my love of Lucha Underground and right. him being Matanza right, right, right. Cueto um, and New Japan, obviously, too. But, but yes. yeah, I, I think it, I think it worked. And I think they, you know, if not this exact formula is, is what they do in the future, but yeah. introducing somebody via vignette and then having a big debut, I think that's a good way to go about it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm 100 percent with you. Um, I'll have more thoughts on that in a minute. Um, so they also had MJF versus Jungle Boy, which uh, was fun this week. Really fun match, and I think the most yeah. important part is the crowd reacted to both of them like their main event guys, and yep. that's perfect because I think those are your future main eventers. Like, you know, yeah. we're gonna look back and say, "Hey, remember that match they had on Dynamite? Look at them now; they're headlining a pay per view for the AEW title." Yep. Um, so that was really good. We had another pack promo where he was training, loved it, uh, and and talking shit about Kenny Omega. I have, of course was super amused because I know exactly where in Newcastle he filmed it because it's right <laughs> by my old job. Uh, so yeah, uh, very entertained by that. Uh, in black and white yes. at night, like I, the yeah. delivery was great. He's such a imposing for for being a little guy yeah but like his his like super cut stature and his attitude like it's it's so good i loved everything about that package well yeah. there yeah it was great and then speaking of great main event john moxley santana yeah. another awesome match for mox another awesome match for the the solo proud and powerful guys uh i i really enjoyed it santana felt like a big star yeah. um you know it was everything you wanted it to be had uh, a fun run in for martiz the best. Um, yeah, uh, it, it, it just was good. And, you know, then, of course, excuse me, yes, Moxley won the match, but he didn't win the war because the inner circle beat the crowd of uh, beat the crap out of him. And like you said, Jeff Cobb ran in and hit a sweet tour of the islands on Moxley. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's it's just standard great pro wrestling. You know, you have your your big baby face that everyone wants to see win and he gets the shit kicked out of him every step of the way because of the numbers game. And again, they did a really good job of timing the final segment uh, yes. for TV time remaining. Like they've really got that down, and it's not easy to do to to walk up to you know the end or the beginning of some kind of show like that. Um, yeah. And they've been nailing it. So so kudos to uh, to them for that. Yeah, just uh, a really energetic, really fun show. It's it's basically yeah. everything you want, you know, AEW to be on a week in week out basis. Big yep. mixture of different types of wrestling, different types of stars. Um, yeah, it's it's why that's the show that I look forward to every week. Now, Chris, uh, yeah. you know, we we got a, a, a little bit of this last week, and I believe uh, I, I heard that we cut down some of it. So I wanted to once again, uh, you know, try to start this new segment with you, Chris, as it's Marty's XFL recap. So, of course, 
We'll see you next week, guys. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U-C-E-G-J-2-1 and lowercase w capital g lowercase k capital p m lowercase l capital d n seven lowercase c three lowercase r lowercase f u v q this is the, the rough, house, rough pod. house uh podcast with justin and christoph that's it fuck christoph he's terrible with his information okay Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Gold Dust, recently joined by his compatriots in the bloodline of excellence... Stardust, an intergalactic performer of the WWE universes, long-awaited, and finally, it's Dusty Dust, baby. That's right, I got myself a star on my ass, and I'm gonna be moving fast. Got a tight onesie, have some funsy, bouncing to and fro, polka dot, getting hot. I got my boys on east side, smacking backsides on the flip side of that jive ass raw hot. Yeah, hand me some beef jerky, herky murky. It's gonna be slurpy time. Getting the brain freeze, look at these up in the ring. I got the Rhodes Dynasty, fine on knees. Put your lips in between my knees. Sun, stardust, gold dust, and dusty dust. Two people in shape, and one guy who looks like he's half bulldog. That's right, it's the hottest new faction, baby brother, in all of the WWE. You got the dusties. Sawdust, gold dust, dusty dust. Dusty, time to get the broom out, son, because it's getting dusty up in this bitch. Ain't got no hitch. You think you're going to switch from the shield, play the field up into the dusties? Well, I tell you what, we get musties. Must-see TV on NBC, motherfucker. That's right. Dusty Dust premiering tonight on WWE Raw. I'm showing up unexpectedly. Hope they let me in the building. <laughs>